Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there. Are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. We don't run our brand from a spreadsheet. It's truly run by our people and they are the essence of the brand. I mean, that's what for me is so special about Kodiak. And as I met the organization and met the leaders and what drew me there is just the people are so special and they, they live this brand every day. When they think about the products or they make the products, it's really like they're making it for their friends and family, not some far off demographic target. They live the values of Kodiak, and it's just this beautiful relationship with our brand and our brand love. And I think by staying small and staying focused, that allows us to be so powerful with our consumers. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, who's one of the most remarkable women you know? I mean, my grandma, both of my grandmothers are the most remarkable people. I think whether it was my mother's mother who grew up during the depression or my father's mother who survived Auschwitz, both of them are extremely, extremely strong, capable, determined women. How about you? Those are hard to top, both of your grandmother. <laughs> Every woman that's going through my head right now, I can't just pick one, is someone who overcame adversity. That's the clear theme in my mind. I didn't even know where you were going with this. And for both of my grandmothers, that would most certainly be the case. When they say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, it's a, a little trite. But at the same time, you see people who have overcome adversity and, and they have greater resilience, greater drive, and they're more admirable. So how about a contemporary? Should I talk about you? No! <laughs> Well, I would say that today's guest is definitely somebody who I tremendously admire and to your point has overcome an insane amount of adversity growing up or in the equivalent of the projects in Queens and ultimately making a series of some very, very difficult 
choices being raised by a single mom than being a single mom herself, having gone through so much and now rising to CEO of a extremely fast growing FMCG after multiple stints at large companies and C-level positions and getting a doctorate. I mean, I don't really know who could top Val Oswalt, although you might have somebody in mind, Ms. Tipograph. No, no. Today is about Val, celebrating Val and all that she's accomplished. You're in for a real treat. It's an incredible life story and so much to learn from her, both in terms of your personal and work life. On that note, let's bring Val onto the show. I'm so thrilled she agreed to join us. Dr. Val Oswalt, CEO and board director at Kodiak Cakes. But we have known Val for a long time. Val and I share a background of being the only two alumni that I can think of that are still in the business of the business. Let's hear it for Queens College. Queens College. College. All right. <laughs> So Val and I both went to Queens. We didn't overlap at Queens, or maybe we did. It's just a big damn college. And she has gone on to do some absolutely incredible, incredible stuff. This is my third chapter of opportunity to be working with Val after Mondelez Campbell's and now at Kodiak Cakes. And you have just had such a phenomenally remarkable career, and yet it still feels like you're just getting started. (laughs) Well, thank you, Sarah. I love it. Well, let's kind of go deeper into that. So Over the course of your career, you've worn so many cross-functional hats. You've made the jump from legacy manufacturers to leading smaller brands and back and forth. It's rare to see such depth of expertise. So what are those key considerations that have guided those career decisions? And frankly, you're handling it like such a pro. How do you adapt? Well, thank you. First of all, just to give the group a little bit of line of sight into that point, I have had the privilege of working across five to six different functions. To Sarah's point, I've led large organizations. I've led small organizations. This is my second time as a smaller private company CEO. I've been a president of a division for two large companies. And so being able to navigate that, I think it comes down to a couple of things. First, anytime I've made any career decision, I have thought of two things. One, Can I make a difference? And two, can I learn something? And if the answer is yes to both of those, I'm all in. I don't shy away from challenges. I personally love a challenge. And I think when you're able to take on those risky projects or solve big problems for companies, not only do you really make a difference for the organization, for the people, for the brands, but also you really learn something. And I talk about that in terms of explosive growth. So for me, I've always focused on those roles that made me the most nervous that, you know, I had a bit of that pit in my stomach when I said yes to the opportunity. And I would say, lastly, I really focus on transferable skills. So when you shift into a different function, you may think, gosh, I'm not the subject matter expert. My team knows more than me. And that's okay. That's great. I, one, always lean into being a great people leader and supporting my team And then two, what is it that I can bring or I can make a difference? And if you're focusing on that and being really transparent and supportive with your team, together you'll be extremely successful. And lastly, for myself, as well as even how I lead and evaluate my organization, it's really focused on learning agilities. So first I start with, okay, you have to have your own self-awareness. What am I great at and where are my opportunities? And then thinking about 
the four different learning agilities, people, change, results, and mental agility. And that is really how you figure out how to win in any environment and getting super comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm curious if you're open to sharing, like, what are your superpowers? You probably know what they are. And as a woman, a lot of times you find that women are uncomfortable in owning what their superpowers are. My first superpower is truly connecting with people. Just a high EQ and coming in and understanding and empathizing and listening. I'm a very strong listener. And I think for me, I'm more of an introvert. And so it has allowed me to put more of the focus and shine the spotlight on my team. And so I just, I love building teams and winning together. And that just builds such momentum. So I'd say that's my first superpower. I think my second superpower is I'm just a continuous learner. Sarah referred to me as Dr. Oswald. I crazily went back and got my doctorate in the middle of a big job and two kids. And I just love learning. And so kind of that natural curiosity has pushed me to, I think, have a higher mental agility and understanding of the business because I'm constantly wanting to learn and and I have a very open mind and a growth mindset to understanding the possibilities. So it's really opened up the opportunity, I think, to problem solve in a really dynamic and different way than others might. Well, I'm sure your mental agility is being put to work in the new job. <laughs> You've moved from this big public company to, is it PE-backed Kodiak Cakes? Yes, it is. Which has its own set of dynamics. You know, on the website, the brand messaging talks about how staying small has its perks, which, you know, in this macro environment where it's more expensive than ever to bring a physical product to market and then work with the retailers and D to C is being hit hard because of changes in iOS 14 and cookie internet. I'm curious how you're using small as a competitive advantage in an ecosystem right now that's rewarding big players. Yeah. For us, staying small allows us to focus on what's most important, which is our brand and the brand love and our people. And although we have grown so significantly, we've grown both in terms of our revenue, profit, but also our people, we are really focused on what matters most, right? What is the heart of our culture? What is the heart of our brand? And making sure that we're keeping that really kind of like sacred and special while we continue to leverage our scale and put in the right processes to enable that growth. I think staying small in some respects really just allows you to focus on what matters. And if you walked into our office or talked to any of our people, we don't run our brand from a spreadsheet. It's truly run by our people and they are the essence of the brand. I mean, that's what for me is so special about Kodiak. And as I met the organization and met the leaders and what drew me there is just the people are so special and they they live this brand every day. When they think about the products or they make the products, it's really like they're making it for their friends and family, not some far off demographic target. They live the values of Kodiak and it's just this beautiful relationship with our brand and our brand love. And I think by staying small and staying focused, that allows us to be so powerful with our consumers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. One of the things about brands being so focused on their people and their people being the essence of that is that sometimes some of the nuts and bolts of actually running the business can break as you scale. So how do you see some of the newer technologies or evolutions or even the idea of integrating digital into the lifeblood of your business as you evolve and as you scale? Right now, I'm conducting what I call listening tours. So I'm talking to every single person in the organization. And this is one of the benefits of being small, to enable your CEO to really connect and hear what's on people's minds. One. Two, it allows me to help folks understand where we need to, to your point, invest in processes, start to leverage our scale, why that's good for us, right? Because if you have better processes, you can actually be more agile and protect what is kind of sacred for your business as we scale or as we invest in digital, as we expand categories or bring on new people. It's really helping the core of the organization understand why that's a benefit and how that's going to free them up to continue to do what they love and what we do that's so special, which is, again, connecting with our consumers and our brands and our customers. So I think it's really about an education and bringing the organization along. With you coming in in a sort of post-pandemic world where I imagine not everyone is on site every day, as an executive, what have you found is the most effective ways to build trust in this hybrid work environment? First, being new for me, this listening tour is really important because I'm being able to connect in smaller groups. The other piece is I've instituted, we call them Thursday touch points, where every month we're having an all-hands meeting. We encourage folks to come in the office and we do lunches, we do taste testings, we try to do a lot of fun events around it so folks can connect with each other, but connect with me and really hear from me every month consistently. So I think hearing consistently about the business results, you know, what's going well, what's not, and having that kind of consistency of communication has been so important. So between the listening tours, the all hands meetings, and then I've really been getting deep in the organization on one-on-ones, right? So I, I think anytime you're building trust, it's about building a relationship. And so even the listening tours, we have remote ones, and then we have listening tours that are live for the folks that are close to the office. And then it's really, we call it getting out of the bear den, 
um, as a part of our Kodiak code. So I've been traveling out to meet with folks that work virtually and tying that in with visits to our customers, to our suppliers, and really trying to connect with folks where they live and go to them and, and really try to get out to our stores so we better understand our customers and so forth. So I think anytime you're building trust, it's about having that relationship and that connection in as many touch points as possible. Couldn't agree more. I think it's something that everybody is trying to navigate. And it sounds like you've got a nice balance of that. Speaking of balance or perhaps lack thereof, let's just take a step back. I introduced you as Dr. Val Oswald. And doctor is a relatively new addition to your title of many other things. If I recall correctly, you were getting your doctorate during COVID while taking a job that was entirely across the country as a single mom. Yes. A, what the hell were you thinking? (laughs) B, even better, I love that the topic of your dissertation is about the lack of female leaders in Fortune 500 companies. So A, what the hell were you thinking? And B, drop a little knowledge for those of us who aren't going to read 150 pages. No disrespect. Yeah. So I will tell you, I think first of all, it might have been the craziest thing I've ever done and probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. It took about three years. I did it mainly part-time on the weekends. Uh, I did have to take a couple of weekday classes, but it was challenging. The last year when I was taking classes as well as writing my dissertation, it definitely got a little challenging. But to your point, it was a labor of love because my dissertation was on something that is so personal to me and something I'm so passionate about. And I have spent a couple of decades now trying to help address this underrepresentation of women. And so I really was curious as to why we have such a problem with underrepresentation of female leaders in S&P 500 companies in the US. And I thought, what better way to understand this better than to do a body of research? So I'll just step back and give you a little bit of a high level of what the research was about. And essentially, I think we all know this, but it begs repeating that you know female leaders are underrepresented at executive levels in the US, despite the fact that we are entering the workforce at equal rates to men. In addition, when we enter the workforce, we typically have equal to or higher ambitions than men. So it's not a numbers issue, right? We're entering the workforce just as educated with higher ambitions. You know, in addition, women are a dynamic and fast growing economic force in the world. We have incredible spending power worldwide, trillions, over 20 trillion. We have a lot of female owned companies. We influence a lot of the GDP in America. And there are so many clear facts and evidence that show when you have a diverse organization, you have more women representation or representatives, your performance is better. No matter what business metric you look at, whether it's return on assets, return on equity, overall business value, revenue, right? So it just makes sense. So in my research, I asked these women, describe your experience working in the US and Fortune 500 companies. And help me understand what influences your aspirations over time. So as a part of this research, you review the body of literature that's available. And so my entire chapter two lit review is about what are all the obstacles that women face in the U.S.? I really wanted to step back and take an academic approach to understanding 
these obstacles. And it really set the stage for the research. And I summarized it in three ways. First, you had the social influences. Second, the institutional influences. And then lastly, you as an individual, you know, what has influenced you? And I summarized over 20 obstacles that women face in the U.S. And that was just really even scratching the surface. It was not meant to be an exhaustive list. So if you start off understanding all this literature out there that really shows women face a lot of obstacles from the start. And as I did my research, I interviewed women with 15 years or greater experience and 15 years or less experience. And when I asked them, you know, describe your experience as a female leader in an S&P 500 company in the U.S., six findings emerged from that question. First, encouragingly, they said, we think society views females positively, but challenges still remain. One of the key areas that they talked about, regardless of the level of experience, was this lack of a sense of belonging, which really even played out in the second question about their ambition. Almost every single woman that I interviewed said they had a lack of sense of belonging. And when you think about that, even if you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, belonging is the third critical thing to thriving as a human being. So women had lack of sense of belonging. They faced gender stereotypes. They faced gender bias and performance evaluations that for them were highly discouraging. They had challenges being a working mom and managing the pull of the personal demands, obviously, as well as the professional demands. And so those six findings emerged as we said, okay, like, just tell us, what are you experiencing? And then when I asked women about how does that impact your ambition in the U.S., they talked about two separate things. So there was the group of women that were like, yeah, I'm undeterred. You know, I got this. There's all these obstacles out there, but guess what? I am so powered through this and I can make it. And they were like, awesome. And I said, well, what kept you so committed to your career? And really there were two things that played out. One, they had very strong female role models. So wherever they were in the organization, they were able to look up and say, oh my gosh, I can do that. She's awesome. And she's doing it whatever it is. She has a family. She doesn't have a family. She's overcoming professional challenges, personal challenges. I can do this. And the second was really having the right company support. And that was whether it's flexibility to do their job and be a mom or not, whether that was support in taking risky cross-functional moves. So just really strong company support. Oftentimes it was coupled with you know, a leader, a boss who really got them and helped them have a sense of belonging, being able to show up as their whole self. That was a really important component. But conversely, many of the women that chose to opt out or chose like underemployment, their biggest issues were personal sacrifice, ultimately burnout, and then opting out. And it was Unfortunate, but 60% of the women that I interviewed that had 15 years or greater experience, they opted out of their careers. So these are incredible women 
that finally got to C-suite level roles or VP level roles and were just like, oh my gosh, I am just too burnt out to really stay. And so unfortunately they opted out. What was somewhat surprising to me too was the women with 15 years or less experience that were starting to feel this burnout or saw these other women burn out or opt out they were actually choosing less ambitious career paths. And so that was surprising and somewhat disappointing, right? As a female leader who's tried so hard to set a great example and really make it easier on others to get promoted and navigate their career paths to see these less experienced women start choosing already in their career to not necessarily progress was really challenging. Let me ask you a question, just to follow up on all of this. Part of it makes me feel despair. Part of it makes me feel hope. We're on a podcast that is produced by a woman. We're on a podcast that's co-hosted by two women. You are a shining star who creates a sense of belonging wherever you go. How do we give a sense of hope? (laughs) Yeah, look, I am an eternal optimist. I am optimistic. I think it starts with, like anything, just being aware of the problem. And the more we can make leaders aware of the problem, the more we can focus on it. You know, creating that sense of belonging, creating that psychological safety, there are ways to do that. I think sometimes we overthink things. It's like, to me, it's just being good people, listening, caring as a leader. I think organizations really need to focus on the middle manager level, the leaders, and building those skills as leaders to ensure they're creating an inclusive environment where people feel that psychological safety. It can be done. You know, some of the other recommendations that came out of this body of work was helping folks, and this is regardless of your gender, like focus on being healthy, focus on well-being. It's not all about just work every day and pushing people to a burnout level. So if you create this sense of belonging and you promote well-being at work, and I know that one of the things that COVID has helped us understand is like how important it is to have that mental and physical well-being and that the productivity of your employees will improve. And so I'm optimistic that we've learned a lot over the last couple of years. And if we can really focus on the well-being of our employees and creating this inclusive environment where people belong, I think it'll have a really positive impact for all employees. First of all, kudos to you. Getting your doctorate is no small feat. Doing that while being a working mom is insane. Remarkable. I just love how holistic your approach is because, you know, typically when I've heard theses like this, folks sort of just jump to this one blanket conclusion, which is, you know, childcare in the U.S., which of course is a major issue, but I think you're talking about a holistic approach, which is amazing. I don't know how you're going to answer this after we just heard your dissertation. But Val, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Uh, So um, I think the bravest thing I've ever done is actually to own my outcomes, like not be a victim to my circumstances. So I say that because, you know, I had a pretty challenging childhood, a lot of adversity. I moved 13 times, single mom. She was 28 with three kids, five and under and tough socioeconomic environment. And in high school, I had a two different paths I could have taken. And there was a moment in my life where I was going down a little bit of a self-destructive path and was in a very woe is me victim kind of mentality. 
And fortunately, I chose to kind of own my circumstances and decided, look, this is the circumstance within which I need to, to thrive and survive and win it. And that shift to more of a growth mindset and owning my own outcomes really changed my entire life. And I really try to employ that every day, you know, just really owning my outcomes and being accountable to myself. And I think for some, you know, it's a scary proposition because sometimes it's easier to blame everyone else for, for something that's not right in your life or perhaps unhappiness. But when you reframe that thinking to more of a growth mindset, it's like, all right, I have to own this. The past is the past. What kind of life do I want? You know, to me, as I really reflect on this, that's the bravest thing I ever did. And it served me well throughout my entire life, really. Just throughout the narrative of your entire personal and professional life, it's that taking the path that certainly is not the easiest one. You could have fallen into a million traps along the way, but it takes a tremendous amount of bravery, commitment, candor, all, all of those words that I would use to describe you under any circumstances to get to where you are. You were definitely not born on third base, let's just say, and you have done an extraordinary job. So thank you so much for joining us, Val. Thank you. I appreciate it. You two are amazing. Well, that was pretty heavy. Great insights from Dr. Oswald about both women in the workplace, what it means to step into a CEO's job. There's just a, a lot of knowledge dropped today. If you like this episode, a couple more we think you might enjoy. First of all, Lisa Mann from Reigns International on hiring talent and the value of soft skills, which was released earlier this year. Jean-Cien Barrett from Sanofi on nonlinear career paths and leveraging innovation to deliver those results. Or more recently, Denise Woodward from Partake Foods, who basically invented an entire company specifically around the challenges that she had with her very allergy-laden daughter. So I would say there's a lot of great other women to listen to from prior episodes of Brave Commerce. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Leave us a, a review. That would always be greatly appreciated. And tune in next week. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at 
Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.